This is the Craggy Wilson Podcast. It's the away edition in Montpellier. And what a game it was. So before we do any talking, here's the game. Montpellier about 15 metres from the Connacht line, nearly directly in the middle of the field. They're using a very simple pick-and-go system with two men. Fed out, picked up by Pelage, the scrum half. He's the link man. McConnick making the tackles, but they're having to work very, very hard. We've had nearly continuous play since the kickoff. We're about three minutes gone here. The ball's been in play for the full three minutes. And you'd have to say Montpellier trying to make a very, very quick start here. Yeah, Connacht are bouncing up there. There's a lot of power in their defence. However, the, the size of the Montpellier guys is starting to wear them down and just, they're, they're just holding on to the ball, making no mistakes. And Montpellier are in for the first try of the game. They had a penalty. Connacht not really at the races with that in the last two defensive plays there. And that's the start that Montpellier were looking for. They were, from the moment they got the ball from the kickoff, they were in possession. Yeah, it was it was tremendous stuff from from Montpellier. It was the cross, the cross kick across the field where um, Tierno Hallam went up for the ball, didn't quite catch it. From there, Montpellier just managed to generate more and more and more momentum, and their big, huge men started making massive gains as they went through over and over. They were getting across the gain line. It wasn't something they were doing in that first set of phases. It, 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 retrieving the ball after the kick made a big difference to them and it seemed to sort of suck the life out of Connacht who had defensively started quite well Montpellier scrum half Benoit Pelage has it he feeds it in now and it's locked out at the back there and Connacht are holding the scrum well so Pelage takes it into midfield he finds Pollard Pollard with a little chip kick through he's looking for his winger and it's collected by the winger and the wingers put it through Connacht are scrabbling back here and they're just about making the tackles. John Porch, about four metres from the Connacht line, and Montpellier here swarming in. Connacht trying to slow them down. It's fed into midfield. There's a huge overlap here if they get it, but play a little bit greedy, but he's in. He just about gets it down. Yeah, those two fantastic pieces of play from Montpellier. Two brilliant kicks. Kicked the ball back over the top with John Porch. Um, it bounced up beautifully for the winger, who then immediately, as soon as he caught the ball, kicked it again. Um, and you know it's so much easier to run onto a ball in that situation Montpellier, Montpellier recycled it very very quickly and Connacht just didn't have a chance to recover and that's the difference between the two teams when Montpellier get a chance they take their score Gabriel Nagandebe with the try that's his second try that was a beautiful kick through from Pollard it's been recycled by Connacht they've picked pick and go around the edges eight metres from the line they've gone through about eight or nine phases off this line out but they haven't really moved the ball much forward Dave Hefferton takes it from Kieran Marmion yeah Connacht are losing every single contact the only contact they won was the one when Godwin took it but we're now back into the scenario where we were against Leinster where there's too many men in and around the ball and they need to sort of spread themselves out a little bit although they've now started to make some ground and it's not before time we have a chance here Bubbled out, Marmion got a bit of room. Matt Healy, Matt Healy for the corner. Matt Healy is in to score. Well, it was good work in midfield again by Godwin. Fast hands and Connacht are back in this game. They may be 21 points to five down, but they'll feel by getting into the 22 that that was an opportunity and they took it. They most certainly did. And Healy was about the only man who'd stayed out of that initial melee of rooks. Um, and it was a brilliant piece of play from Marmion who just had that extra little bit of pace to get himself free. Godwin 
managed to hold on to the ball and sent a decent enough pass to, to Healy, who did manage to round his man. He's still had a fair bit of work to do, and that's Matt Healy's first try in Champions Cup rugby. That's not been against Zebra. Cardi runs into his own man, Jared Butler, and that slowed the whole move down, and now the ball bobbles outside the 22, and Tiernan O'Halloran has it. He flicks a rather loose pass out, but it's picked up by Connacht, but they are now back outside the 22. And John Porch is picked up and driven back by a couple of Montpellier players. Yeah, it's gone a bit harem him out there. The ball bounced away from Connacht. Bundy tried to do something, wasn't able to, but Bundy's on the attack. He's offloaded to Marmion, and it's a try. Well, I said this game, I thought this I've now, I don't know, I'm beginning to run out of words. 21-0 is now 21 each. The crowd, as you can hear, Montpellier are sort of wandering around in a daze. And Connacht again are just finding gaps. And Kieran Marmion has touched that down right behind the post. So this is going to be a conversion for Jack Carty. And at half time, it's going to be Montpellier 21, Connacht 21. And if you'd said that 10 minutes ago, well, you would, nobody would have agreed with you. Heffernan gets it in. It's taken at the back. Colby Fianga feeds it out. A little backdoor pass by Bundiaki, and it finds Kyle Godwin and Godwin in to score. What? That was some fantastic play. Jack Carty took a ball. It looked as though he juggled it a little bit. That made one of the Montpellier guys hesitate, but shot out of the line, and Jack took him out by passing the ball to Godwin who'd ran around him and left him free so Godwin's man should have been taking him went for the intercept missed it Carty with a beautiful pass after an excellent first phase move from Connacht off that line out the line has been working really really well today Montpellier scrum they trail Connacht it's Montpellier 28 Connacht 29 76 minutes and 30 seconds gone here it's been really all Montpellier for the last 15 minutes, but Connacht's defence, absolutely valiant. They've held out very well here. A game that's really about pride more than anything else for both sides. Fontenelle to feed this in. Which he does. And he picks it up as a loop-around pass. Fed out and across the line, Pollard. He gets it going, Connacht, a couple of tackles missed in midfield, it's gone out on the wing, pulled down inside the 22, Connacht make the tackle, they had to get across there very quickly, and they managed it. Ball back into midfield, Montpellier, straight through the middle, pulled down a metre from the line, half a metre from the line, Connacht driving in here, Montpellier, since this is their opportunity to win this game, they've got a penalty, they've got a penalty. And if they don't score the try, they'll have the opportunity to kick what could be the winning score. This is a free play for them. It's fed out on the wing, and Relak is in to score. Yeah, yeah, once once Montpellier got, got across the gain line, Bundy came up out of the line to try and make a big hit. He missed the hit, and from that moment, Connacht looked in huge trouble. Pollard has shown a lot of class out there today. Really, see when he sees a gap, he goes through it at pace. Um, and, Connick, um, and Montpellier showed a lot of good patience to hold on to that ball and probably deservedly go into the lead they're working really really hard here. they're going through the phases they're 3 metres short of the, of the line 2 metres short of the line Owen McKeown there possession Tom Daly's making himself available he's driving through picked up Niall Murray 
Murray a metre and a half short the ball is bobbled out the side they've lost control of it Montpellier have the ball and that is the final play of the game and the final score Montpellier 35 Connacht 29 they just weren't quite accurate enough right at the end yeah, a little bit of an experience from Niall Murray. He didn't really need to take that on. That ball needed to be secured. There was an overlap here on the right-hand side of the field. Connacht were actually going forward, and he did make a he did make an extra yard, but he did, really didn't have anyone latched onto him to to help him secure that ball. So an unfortunate, great way for Connacht to finish, but unfortunately not with the score. But this was more like the Connacht team that we saw earlier in the season, not the one that's been struggling for the last three or four weeks. Um, a heck of a way for them to, to go into the break and I think they'll look at this and see that they have a really good chance of coming back and getting back into this competition which they've shown they deserve to be in playing rugby like this hugely entertaining um, excellent play and once they get their, their main 15 here on the field they're a really really competitive team Andy what can you say um, one of the strangest games I've seen in a long time thoroughly exciting game Connick in it for a long time didn't quite get it done at the end. What's what's the mood in the dressing room? 35-29. Um, it was a bizarre game, wasn't it? Uh, we didn't turn up the first 30 minutes and then we had an incredible 10 minutes. Um, to answer your question, though, the mood's pretty flat. I think uh, you know, we, we we worked hard at the tail end there but um, couldn't get across the line there. And I think we all probably felt like we were going to but we didn't get the didn't get the biscuits in the end so yeah it's frustrating another loss there for us and but a much better performance which is what we were looking for 21 nil down as you say didn't turn up started to maybe take a little bit of a risk open it up a little bit and suddenly it was suddenly it was 21 each i mean it's it's you don't expect that in professional rugby do you no it was it was bizarre like i you know it, I just didn't know where we were in that first 30. We were slow to the breakdown. We were slow to react to things. We weren't getting bodies in front. We weren't driving with our legs. It just looked like we'd, you know, we'd probably, t- you know, just just decided not to turn up. But then all of a sudden, a, a flick, uh, a switch was flicked, and and off we went, um, which was really impressive. But yeah, the question begs to be asked: Where was that before? Where was that for the first 30 minutes? But you know, boys just said in the shed there that. That, 30, that 10 minutes of football was exactly what we can do and it's really fun to play like that. So hopefully that's given them a taste and a shot of confidence to know that we can still do that. It has been a tough block for us, 13 games, uh, some big teams, but you know, some losses at the tail end there. Message at the end there was um, it'll make us stronger. It will make us stronger and we've just got to let's get away and have a break now and come back and a massive game against Cardiff at home. A couple of performances stood out, Kieran Marmy and Jack Carty, in terms of organisation and leadership a couple of times, I thought they were really, they were barking out the instructions, they were really pushing people to, to do the right thing, particularly when Connacht did get a toehold back in the game. Yeah, I thought I thought great to have Kieran back, you know, the test footballer, Jack test footballer. It was interesting just looking at the test caps prior to going out there. I think they had 254 to our 68. So test, test football caps do make a difference. Experience like that does. So to have a Kieran Marmion come back for us is, was really important. I thought he was very, very good. And I thought Caelan, when he came on, was excellent too. So, um, yeah, nice to have some bodies to to uh, to have back in the squad and, and with more game time, they're only going to get better. 
Connacht are going on a break now, three weeks and six days to the next game, but some of your players stood out today. Bundy Archie, Dave Heffernan had big games. Olsen Delan wasn't available today, slightly slight knock, but they're going off now for Ireland and uh, they must uh, have enhanced their opportunities of, of playing in the Six Nations, I feel. Yeah, without a doubt. I think um, you know, to have those three men in, um, Bundy, um, David and, and Alton, you know, is great for Connett. We'd obviously like a few more, but uh, we need to put performances together and I thought those three, uh, or so, sorry, two of them had some special moments out there. Um, I thought young John Porch did incredibly well to score that try. Uh, I thought, yeah, there was Jared Butler didn't stop trying all day as the, as the captain. There were some good performances out there. They were probably the, the the ones I'll name check at the minute. But um, yeah, I think those men are playing good football. I'm really pleased that Andy Farrell and the coaching group have selected them. Looking ahead now, how are you setting up for this? Is is everybody going to go away and have a bit of a break and then come back and get ready for some really serious? Uh, in-conference Pro 14 games? Yeah, we've got a couple of weeks off now, so everyone will just disperse messages. Let's enjoy the first week in terms of just try and relax. And then we've everyone's on programs and, and they've got a fair bit of work to do, as we do as, as coaching staff and, and, uh, and pro staff. So um, we'll then come back and, and three massive games, Cardiff into Edinburgh into Kings, and they're must-wins for us if we want to stay alive in that Pro 14. Dave, what's the feeling after a game like that certainly watching it it was exciting and very open and a bit mad but what's the feeling in the dressing room uh, pretty good to be honest yeah um, yeah like we just talked about the first 30 minutes like we we were kind of asleep to be honest um, and we didn't show up at all um, but yeah then on the flip side the the response after that was pretty incredible um, I thought the backs were unbelievable at their times Um yeah, they they were making breaks and throwing unbelievable offloads and just looked full of confidence again and it was unbelievable um, and that gives you a huge boost. Most of the team are going on a break, but you're not. You're off now to Portugal on Wednesday with the Ireland uh, camp, so that's going to be operating in a different environment. But performance like that today and what you've done through the season must give you great confidence going into that. Um, yeah, I was... yeah. Re- not delighted with how I played there tonight, but um, just a few few tackles have slipped off and stuff. But um, yeah, I suppose over the last month I have been reasonably happy to have been playing, um, and it's, it's gone pretty well individually and probably a tough tough patch of games for for everyone in the squad. But um, yeah, look, I've have taken a bit of confidence from from a few of those performances, and really looking forward to getting the opportunity now to to put my hand up when I get into camp. Um, it's really exciting with a new coach and stuff there, so um, it's a great opportunity and really grateful for it. We're back. Water game of rugby. William, 32 minutes on the clock, 21-0, looks like it was going to be a horrible game. Then Connacht did an incredible thing, scoring three tries in eight minutes. Yeah, I, uh, you, you don't really expect to see that in a game where, where the prize is a little hard to define. And I think that's what caused it. it um, Montpellier did switch off a bit. Connacht came to the party... But no side should concede three tries in eight minutes. But they did. And then we got a rip-roaring game, really. And I think at the end, I think Connacht are disappointed they didn't get the win. Even right at the end, it looked like they would get over the line. It was last gasp defence by Montpellier. But they, I suppose the home side sometimes get the, gets the look of the draw. They got a couple of bounces of the ball. Um, but it was thoroughly enjoyable, if absolutely mad. 
It certainly was. Lindy, it's like a lot of games that Sonic end up playing in where, where it just goes bananas. That the, the front team to start off on fire, then drop off, and then Connacht get themselves back into the game. And then it's a case of who can last longest. And unfortunately for Connacht, it wasn't them this time. Well, I think in this particular case, um, Montpellier just, I think, had that little bit of physical physicality and strength that they could get over the line there. At the same time, I, I think I agree with William what he said. When you when there isn't really a prize on offer and there was nothing to lose from either side apart from their own momentum and their own performances, I think that's why we saw this, this game open up. Mm. And it made for a hugely exciting game. Yes, there's mistakes and that happens when you have a game like that. But I think what was so enjoyable was actually watching... Connett's response, to, first of all. Secondly, how they did put those <coughs> tries together. There was almost like, a, particularly that first try. And in fact, I'll go back to that. The only reason I, I mentioned the first try particularly, because that was the try that that took quite a long time to score. It was an extremely patient try through, through their forwards to start with. And that is the sort of try that Andy Friend has been talking about. When he talked last week about when they get you know close to the line that mm. they tend to go off systems, well they didn't. They actually kept those systems, and as a result of that, they sucked in the defence and they scored the try. So I thought that was a, a, a very important moment for them psychologically. I think one of the key things there was they had Kieran Marmion and Jack Carty yeah. barking at them <laughs> and properly organising and telling people. Because if Matt Healy had drifted in off his wing, it didn't happen. But he waited out there. And there was a lot of patience in that. And the other thing, I think, with French sides is, in the top 14, if you go 21-0 up at home, the game's over. Mm. It just doesn't happen. But they, they didn't maybe understand or they weren't quite prepared for that. The Connacht just kept playing. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. And, and going back to that, you know, Jack and, and Kieran, at one stage early on in that, that move, Everybody was backed within this five metres of the ball, you know, where, where there was hardly anyone kept out. And Jack just took control, Shedder and a couple of guys, and they got themselves back out and got back into the shape. And that's the sort of leadership that we've been looking for and needing. And the same with Bundy. Bundy, not only did he win the man of the match, um, which you know, I'm not a huge fan, but he was incredible. There was one, one amazing tackle on Pollard that was just out of this world. But he was doing a lot of talking out there as well. And as was our captain. It was great to have our captain back and Jared Butler. Yeah, and I also think that there were other players who who seemed to kind of almost like revel in taking greater responsibility. Like even Matt Healy, uh, I, I thought, had a very good game on the wing. And even his 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 do-or-die effort to keep the ball in play, I think Turner Holleran had a couple of moments like that as well. So there were a couple of really big moments in that game which actually demonstrated, the, I think, the... Andy Friend calls it the spirit of, mm. of Connett, and and so we may as well say yes, that de- does demonstrate you know Connett's spirit, and I, I think it was just not only was it enjoyable to watch, but it was en- enjoyable to watch Connett players scoring tries and almost you know going back to their kind of swashbuckling best. Yeah, exactly, and that spirit had sort of faded away a little bit, and it's it's all it's back with a bang. It's almost like this break is not going to do them any good. Yeah, I, I, I suppose possibly not, but I think the one thing you you would say is he, he was concerned about the fact that they didn't turn up for the first 30 minutes. Mm. And I think that was, he was puzzled by that. Um, but then when they did get, get at it, they sort of controlled the game for, for quite a period of time. So it was a very odd game. It's a hard game to, to, to overanalyze. Mm. But yes, you, you feel maybe 
if he could select that same team again next week and they were playing a Pro 14 game, they would be really, really confident. Uh, but obviously, you know, Dave Heffernan and uh, Bundiaki are have had big games today, yeah. are away to the Ireland camp along with Ulton Delan. Hopefully they'll get their chance. I thought Dave Heffernan had a really good game today, carrying and, you know, line-out throwing. I mean, he's mm. he's put himself in the frame there. He has, because you look at, they had four men who were six foot seven. We only had one, <laughs> and yet we won. I think we only lost one one um, bad line. The rest of the time we won, and we, we managed to get the ball back. Um, and that takes some, some solid throwing, and it really was a good game from Dave. You were impressed with Dave today, Lenny? Yeah, we were just chatting to him, you know, just just before a few minutes before, and asking that, you know, like, I had, in my excitement of the, the game, I had forgotten that he was actually going to Irish camp next week, <laughs> and he actually kind of, I sort of mentioned it very quietly that he wasn't having a holiday because he was going to Ireland camp. Yeah. So we were chatting about it, and then we're saying, like, you know, he was saying it has been quite a long time since he's been in that position, mm. and I think that's a real sign of, of where he has come this season. Um... He's had a leader, a leader in um, Tom McCartney there for a number of years, and he's always been—I mean—he's always been a wonderful, athletic, you know, hooker with huge potential. Yeah. And maybe he's just in the last couple of years hasn't had those opportunities, or you know, for whatever reason. But he seems to be really enjoying himself now as well, and has and is still a great athlete. And I think he will only get better by going getting back into the Irish camp. I think he said it was 2014 was the last occasion. So it has it has been a long time and, and well deserved. Yes, I think so. I think a couple of other players who are not in Irish camp yet, but I think they might be in the Irish camp by the end of Six Nations. I think we might see Jack Carty and we might see Kieran Marmion back in there because they both had big games today. One in, in Carty actually got packed off by the Irish fans, the only kind of player that they clapped off the field. Yeah, the problem for them is they're not going to play any rugby now for a while. Mm. But they'll be itching to go against Cardiff. And Andy Friend referenced it again. These these next three games, he has absolutely put them at the top of his agenda. It's Cardiff home, mm-hmm. Edinburgh away, mm-hmm. and Kings away. Edinburgh have 16 players in the Scotland squad. Cardiff have seven. Mm. Uh, they're in conference games. And he, you know, it, it, there's no doubt about it. The players know that those games are must-win. They've got to give themselves an opportunity to compete in the Pro 14. So, in some ways, I'm quite happy to see Kieran Marmion and Jack Carty ready for those games. I thought Caelan Blade did okay when he came on as well. He kept the momentum. Mm. Um, nothing like a bit of competition to drive you on. Um, but I suppose if you're trying to get back into Ireland, it's going to be a little bit difficult for them until... Mm. The first two Six Nations games have been played. Yeah. See where the, where Ireland are, yeah. and then those Pro Fourteen games become important for your potential in Ireland and also for uh, Connacht. And the, and they really are important for Connacht because that that fifth loss is the first time since Pat Lamb's first season, which is 2014, 13, 14, since they've won. They've lost five games in a row. Now that season they lost eight games in a row at the start of the season. Um, and they don't really want to go down there, so they really have to win this game against Cardiff in order to keep themselves. Like they're, they're showing that if they have everybody available, they can play in this competition and, and provide really good opposition and, and you know have a chance of doing things. But they're going to need to find some strength and depth. And they're going to. One of the things I'd like to see them do is watch what Montpellier did. They break the game line a lot more than we did, not just because they were bigger men, but because they hit the line at speed. We took the ball standing still. 
far too many times. They were running from depth. I'd like to see us do <coughs> a little bit more of that. Yeah, I think that was noticeable. Um, Montpellier's game plan was pretty simple and then became completely distracted for, for a while. Uh, Andre Pollard doesn't look in a mid-season form, but I suppose when you've won a World Cup uh, a few weeks ago, it's maybe hard to, to get back to that level. And that, the, the Cardiff game is, is, is massive, and that's real pressure. There, there was no pressure today. Pressure today was all from within, but the, you know the pressure in that game is going to be completely different. And that's followed up six days later by a game against Edinburgh. So that's where they've got to step up. And I think I think they can, but you know there's going to be a big gap coming now. They've got a two-week break. Everybody's going away for two weeks, which is what they need. Mm. We need a break as well. Thirteen <laughs> weeks in a row. I can tell you, it's it's. Yeah. I think I've worked out that the the most I've seen previously was eight weeks in a season where we played eight weeks in a row at this time of the year because you always had the November internationals mm. maybe the last time we were in uh, in World Cup year 13 weeks has been a real challenge for Colin and I think it's been a harder challenge than maybe they expected yeah I think so and, and, and as you saw today that spirit that the one thing even when they were 21 nil down I, I said it to William I still think there's a chance here because there was a bounce about the way they were playing. They were still bouncing up. They were taking these huge hits and they were still bouncing up and getting into line and a huge amount of chat and talk going on the field. Like we were sitting quite mm -hmm. high up because <laughs> this, this stadium, the, these stands are very steep. Um, so we were, quite, we were quite high up, but we could still hear an awful lot of the chat that was going on out there. Yeah, I think, look, when it comes down to it, it's going to be a test of their mental strength. Yeah. And this is something that has been developing um, particularly over the last couple of seasons. These are not babies anymore. No. Well, these are experienced players. Mm. You know, you've got the likes of Tom McCartney, you've got the likes of, you know, Dave Heffernan, you've, you've got the likes of Bundy and, you know, Jack and and other players. They're not babies. They've been around a long time. And But they do need they do need to show some mental fortitude. And this is, and this is now when it's going to be tested against Cardiff. Mm. You know, I mean, they've put in a good performance today, I mean, they have to turn that into a winning performance against Cardiff. And it's not going to be easy because it's not going to be a game like that out there. No. It's going to be a hell of a lot more attritional, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the weather's going to be like, of course, when it's in the sports ground. We will have the home support, which is always a plus. They will have come back from a, I presume, a, a couple of weeks break, two weeks break they're having, and they'll come back for that week, and they do need that rest. So hopefully they'll come back with a real bounce on their step, and they'll come back thinking, Jesus, look at that performance we put on out there. But they're going to realise that you know Cardiff aren't, aren't going to come with that idea of throwing the ball around either. They're not, they're not going to do that. They're going to come and, you know, they're a, they're a wily old crew, and mental fortitude is now one of the key components that Connett need to get to grips with. Yeah, I think so. And I think we're seeing a lot of it since that since that debacle against Leinster. We've certainly seen two there was an improvement against Toulouse and there was an even bigger improvement today. So now they need to get those improvements onto the scoreboard and make sure they get the win. So eleven games left. Do you think Connacht are going to be in this competition again next year, William? I don't know. I think it's 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 an interesting challenge conference B uh, five home games, six away. Three of the home games are in conference. Five of the out of the six away games are in conference games. So they're all massive games. There's some, you know, there's two trips to Italy. Um, you've got double headers. You've got Edinburgh and Cardiff home and away. It's going to be tight. Um, it would almost help if one team ran away with it a bit and started beating your opposition. I mean, that's why the other results matter because. Mm. 
you know, you could lose a game one week, but the, the following day, um, one of your opponents could lose. So it's all about shifting points. They've won five games. They probably need to win seven as a minimum, mm. maybe eight out of the 11. So if you don't start quick in the three games that we've just talked about, you run out of wriggle room. Uh, and they've got some hard... They also need... They've, got, they've lost four interprovincials this season. They've got Ulster coming on the 25th of April. That's a, that's mm. a big game as well. Because just, just for your own... At home, you, you do not want to go through a season without winning an interpro. Andy Friend talked about the Franco season was having at least an 80% winning record at home. They've now lost the three games that they were only allowed to lose for that target. So they have to win all the home games from now on. Do you think they can do it, Lindley? They can do it, but whether they do or not is something <laughs> entirely different. Look, I'm just hoping that this particular period that they've been through, which was very tough, it was very tough um, in, in so many ways because not just the opposition and the interpros, but also and the Champions Cup, but also the run of 13 weeks honestly does take its toll. And, it, you know, we know that Connacht just aren't blessed with the, 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 the biggest squad available. They're not, and it's always going to take its toll. We have to, we have to recognise that fact. Um, and it's just, it's just the way it is, unfortunately. They're going to have a nice rest now. Hopefully this match today has given them a little bit, sort of, that little bit of chink of light. And the Toulouse, let's face it, the Toulouse performance was, was pretty good as well. Mm. So let's, this, this, is the, this is maybe, you know, they've, they've gone to the depths, now they're coming back up again. And I would imagine that they will have a spring in their step when they come back from their holidays. And as I said, if, if they can produce at home, and they need to produce at home first and foremost, it's going to be, look, just what they're in it for, it's going to be a battle. <laughs> let's, see, let's see how they get on with it. Okay, good. I think we'll leave it there. Thanks very much, Emily. Bye, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until 